Welcome to Hope's Garden and the Bridegroom Speaks podcast with Laura Ercolino. In today's episode, Laura and Father Michael Stalla, spiritual advisor to Hope's Garden, chat about their experiences of opening to the deep and intimate love of Christ the Bridegroom and the impact upon their lives. We wanted to talk about what it means to us to know Christ as the Bridegroom. In the uh, Old Testament, this image of God and humanity being married to one another was very significant in a new relationship that Israel had. In that relationship, it was an exclusive kind of relationship. Israel had a special relationship with God, and nobody else had that level of relationship. It's communication, this understanding with one another. When we get to the New Testament, there's an understanding that now it is the church that is the bride to the bridegroom. And even John the Baptist called Jesus that, behold, the bridegroom. And Paul kind of picks up on this. St. Paul wants us to understand that we have this intimate relationship that also requires us to love one another in a new way. It's as if we are now imitating the bridegroom in the way that we love the church. And he even says, now in your marriages, I want you men to love your wives as Christ loves his bride, the church. And so I, as a priest, have that kind of relationship. I look at the people in my congregation, no matter what they're going through. Everybody's always going through something. Everybody's got all kinds of different issues going on, different personality flaws and all that. So do I. We all do. And yet we, we tolerate each other to a certain point in a civil society. But this is more than tolerating each other. This is more than just being polite. This is loving the other person. It's this understanding I have to get past what I'm experiencing with this person and entering into a deeper relationship to say, I care deeply about that person. So this happened to me on my first day at St. Cosmos and Damien. I walked in, it was a Saturday, and I was putting on my vestments and it was time for confessions. And as I walked around the corner, there was a line of people for confessions. And I thought to myself, those are mine. Those are my people that you have called me to love. And I know that it takes time, it takes energy, everybody's got issues, we go push, we talk about sin and uh, their fallenness, but none of that mattered at that moment. I was grateful to God giving me that kind of heart, that heart of somebody who looked at them with so much love to say, you're mine. And, and that relationship continues to this day. It's actually kind of hard for me with people who are from far away when they have their shortcomings or somebody who's not in my congregation. And then I also notice that when somebody talks bad about any of my parishioners, I like jump all over them. I'm like, don't you, don't you say anything against them. They might have their flaws or difficulties, but they're mine. And that kind of relationship is this deep love like, like the bridegroom has for the bride. Listening to you say that, that your reactions don't talk about them that way, they're mine. And I see Christ the bridegroom. That's the way that he comes to our defense, every one of us who has given our heart to him, chosen him as our personal bridegroom, then he steps in and says, she is mine. He is mine. Don't speak to her that way. And he protects us and defends us. And so for me, making the consecration to Christ as my bridegroom has taken it from this idea out here in the theology, you know, that we talk about the Eucharist as the wedding feast, and it's brought it straight into my heart and just changed everything about the way that I think and the way that I live my life. If this spiritual marriage with Christ means that together we are one, then we do everything together. And so it makes me think 
a little bit more deeply and differently on how I choose to spend my time, how I choose to speak, even my thoughts, knowing that I am his and he is mine. And it gives a new meaning and purpose to everything that I do. It's doing it all for Jesus through Mary. And it's just brought such interior peace and joy that despite anything going on around me, knowing that in here in my own heart, Jesus and I are always together, it makes everything else more bearable. And it gives me that peace that passes all understanding that no one can take from me unless I choose to allow them to. You know, I do a lot of marriage preparation for people, and we talk about conflict resolution. We talk about setting goals and dreams with each other, communication skills, things like that. And I realize that for a lot of people, when they're married, they think like they just picked the right person, and there's not going to be any struggles. They have a hard time imagining that this is going to be different. And then they start going through the troubles of normal arguments and realizing that we are not exactly on the same page on all issues. But what they forgot, which I have trained them to do, is you have to nurture this relationship. You really have to take time to make sure you're on the same page. Take time to say, yeah, there are significant differences in our, in our history and our approaches to things, but I care and respect you. And that has to happen with God as well. As the church, the people of the church, are in this relationship with the bridegroom, you know, we do have to keep making sure we're on the same page. We have to nurture this relationship. And it isn't God that's walked away. It's us who just took it for granted that we didn't need to keep growing in that relationship. So I think one of the good things about uh, coming to Hope's Garden and their prayer groups is it is nurturing that relationship, taking it to a deeper level, and really trying to foster a true commitment to each other. One of the things that we try to do, and that has been great learning for me and great spiritual growth, is learning how to speak to Christ, not just as God, like you said, who's up there somewhere just watching, but that he is my bridegroom who resides, he abides right here in my own heart. And so it changes even my prayer, because prayer is nothing more than conversation with the beloved. And so coming to it, instead of coming to God with my, okay, I need you to do this, and don't forget about you know, this child over here who needs that. What are you going to do about the world? It's this spousal prayer. It's this prayer of the heart, just being with Christ and just sharing my heart and sharing his heart. And so it's changed. It's changed everything. You know, one of the examples that we use for this kind of relationship is where we understand marriage on the earthly plane. It has a lot to do with children and uh, sexual relations. Obviously, when we're talking about God, we're really not talking about that aspect about marriage. We are talking about a deep love, a deep commitment, a deep faithfulness, a fruitfulness even, uh, and this total commitment of ourselves. But where do we have that kind of model? Because when we look to the human relationships, not only do we see a lot of brokenness, but we also see, well, the limitations of the imagery of Christ as the bridegroom and us as the bride. And so perhaps one of the greatest examples we have that, that helps us to understand this is Mary and Joseph. St. Mary and St. Joseph love each other as bride and groom. Totally do. Totally love each other. And nobody would question that they are married. That is a true marriage commitment. Although they don't have relations and their fruitfulness was not in having children with each other. And so there is something because they are bonded in the person of Jesus Christ and the history that is coming forth through them. 
So this, from a, a celibate male point of view, trying to understand how is it that my relationship to the church is like a bride and a bridegroom without the aspect of children and sexual relations, that image of Mary and Joseph helps me to, to say, oh, that's what you mean by it. That's where the imagery really fits in perfectly. And I've come to understand it too, is like, it's not that Christ is asking us to be his spouse and no one else, but he's asking us to claim his spousal love as our first love, and then to let everything else flow from that and to bring that deep love, that personal love, intimacy that's in our hearts with him as our bridegroom, to bring that then to all of our other relationships. And this is how this spiritual spousehood then can bear fruit is the bride in the song of the songs. Once he takes her into his wine cellar and she's intoxicated with his love, then all she wants to do is spread that love. She wants everyone else to come to know the bridegroom the way that she knows him now. She wants them all to fall in love with him. And if we all imagine a world where everyone knows that love first and claims that love and lives from that place, all of our relationships would be different. Lord and I were just talking about this. When we put on the mind of a saint, we, we see how much they love Jesus. And, and we want that too. It's, it's called mimetic desire. I see what makes you happy. I want the same thing. I want to be happy. So I begin to pick up and follow your example. And we find our ways focused totally on Jesus. And when we come to know Christ, we desire so deeply to be there in heaven with him, to be away from all the distractions. But then as you start to put on the eyes of Christ, you begin to see how he sees humanity and how deeply he loves all of these people in humanity. And then that's where the heartache comes in. I mean, first I have this little pain in me because I can't reach heaven yet. And I want the distractions away because none of them will satisfy. But then there's another heartache. All the people that he loves deeply, he has been sending his loving message to, and they don't seem to care that apathy and how much that must hurt his sacred heart. So part of the relationship that we have as a, a bride and groom is to put on the heart of the other person. And as I put on the heart of Christ, I begin to say, I understand your pain, Lord, of those who don't respond to your invitation. And this is then that prayer to console the heart of Christ. And how do we do that? He thirsts, he thirsts not just for souls to love him, but he thirsts to give his love to them. And so many close their hearts and don't want to receive what he's offering. And so to console his heart is to help them to see that it's safe to open their hearts to him and to allow him to pour his grace and love upon them. And that then consoles the heart of Christ. And is thinking this is like how we, in this single-minded desire to be with Christ, who is heaven, that how we are, in a sense, easing that, pain within us is to try to bring a little heaven here, to keep bringing Jesus, more of Jesus here, to make this earthly life have a little bit more of heaven right here now where we are. You know, there's so much uh, of life that only foreshadows the life after. And some of that life after is the foreshadowing of heaven itself, heaven being God's presence with us, the joys, the excitement, the, the hope. Uh, of course, in some of life, foreshadows a lack of God. It foreshadows the darkness, the, the pain, the suffering. And what we were talking about is once you have united yourself perfectly with Christ, it doesn't mean that we've left this earth. We still are in the world that still has suffering and difficulties. But you know what? The darkness is very different when you have the light of Christ. 
So there was a time we've traveled in the darkness without Christ, and what a desperate, horrible place this was. But now that we have the light of Christ, even though we go to the same places, the same pains and difficulties of people going through all kinds of stuff, it's just a different experience when you walk with Jesus. And we bring his light into the darkness, and there's no darkness that can overcome his light. For more resources and our consecration to Christ the Bridegroom, visit hopesgarden.com, the sanctuary where the spousal love of Christ the Bridegroom heals hearts, marriages, and families. You may also want to join our community powered by Mighty Networks. Download the Mighty Networks app and find us at Hope's Garden.